We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. AM 970 The Answer presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information from the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. I'm getting closer to my heart. Call now. 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. Good morning, everyone. I'm Dottie Herman, and you are listening to Eye on Real Estate. We are the only show on talk radio about real estate and all the many things that have to do with real estate, which, as I always like to say, is just about everything, if you think about it. Um, my co-host, Jerry Feeney, is with us today. Hello, Jerry, Donnie. Good morning, Jerry. And as you all know, Jerry is a prominent real estate attorney in New York. And how can I say this? Just an all-around great guy. Oh, that's, that's new. Well, Thank I thought you. I'd give that's, you a compliment. That's a nice addition to my yes. bio. Um, he'll be happy to answer any of your legal questions about real estate, so please give us a call with anything that you need to ask Jerry about at 866-970-9622. Also with us today is our terrific finance expert, Ace Watson Park. Oh, I'm that's actually really good, Dottie. Day. Good morning. It might okay. be the closest you've gotten. Yeah, yes. it has. I, you know, Ace has been, been with years. me for years, <laughs> and I always, just that, his last name I always have a hard time with, but I'm getting there. And I guess they say better late than never. It's a right? tongue twister. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. But Ace is a vice president of re- and, regional ma- and regional manager of Citizens Bank, and he's probably one of the sharpest people that I know. In financing and in everything, I he's just a real winner, and uh, I thank you, Dottie. And I, and I don't say that to say it. I I wouldn't say I wouldn't say anything. I I met Ace, and he stood out in the crowd, and he's just a leader, a winner, and really at how old, he's about thirty two. He really leads his generation, and we can all learn from each other. So I like to like pick his brains a lot uh, and find out. Of all of the trends of, of the millennials, even when you, and you know whether it's you're selling a house, whether you're building a building, whether you're doing a business, um, you really need to know what's going, what 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 trends are, what things are going to go on in the future, because you can be building an obsolete model, okay? And not that everyone or anyone ever knows a hundred percent the the future. There's a lot of trends that are different, and uh, there's a lot of ways people are going to be marketing that's different. And so uh, it's really always refreshing to listen to him. He's done tremendous things in his in his time. I mean, he's got more real estate than me. So, <laughs> uh, so we're so glad. And if you have any questions, and, and he 
Um, we have a great bank, Citizens Bank. So and if you have any questions about financing or you want to find out if you can qualify or if your credit's good enough or like what, 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 what mortgage is best for you. And a lot of times you'll ask a friend because we all ask friends and friends always like to give us, you know, hey, this is what I did. It's the best. And a lot of times it might have been the best for them. But it might not be the best for you. And so they don't mean harm. And they're telling you what they took. So I think it's always wise to, to check with Ace and talk about all the different ways of financing. Because you might find out in your situation there might be a better way to finance. And Dottie, banks, are they, they have a larger appetite now. So there's so many different programs for our borrowers to really educate themselves on. So please right. call us. There's so many different programs. And truthfully, I don't know how anyone could keep up with knowing about them all. So that's why we try to inform you. But I always tell you, like, knowledge is power. So it takes a phone call and one phone call just to find out information. It doesn't cost anything. And so you should just find out, gee, what types of programs there are. You look at your circumstances and see what fits you because you can save thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars or sometimes qualify when you think you can't. Um, if you just get the information. And ACE is always there to do that. And you can call them at 866-970-9622 and get your questions answered by an expert in the financing world. He's magic. Trust me on it. And I took, and I don't say anything that I don't do myself. I took all my mortgages out through ACE. Yes, you have, Daddy. <laughs> Jerry. Yes, I did. And I used Jerry, <laughs> and Jerry for all my legal. And, and so a little bit of I will that. endorse them personally <laughs> because I, those, I, that's the team I used. Anyhow. You were a dream client. I so thank you, Jerry. I was a dream client. But, <laughs> also a nightmare uh, client, but a different type of dream. <laughs> yeah. And if you, if you want to contact us by email, the address is radioshow at element.com. And we'll answer your questions on the next show. Also, you can tweet me at Dottie Herman or visit me on Facebook at Dottie Herman and keep up with what's happening in real estate. We're working on our app, and then you'll have all of Ace's and Jerry's information with a picture of their face so you can see what they look like. How's that for you? Um, And then you can be able to... If, you know, because I always say when you're driving, I don't want anybody writing. Um, you'll know how to co- connect them. But if you call us now or just leave us an email at radioshow at element.com, we'll be sure to get back to you. By the way, Dottie, your Facebook photo is very glamorous. I was looking yes, at Facebook. I saw that. I don't go on ever. It's really, I mean, oh, thank wow, you, it Jared. really pops. Yeah, Everybody's got to, you don't follow Dottie on Facebook, shame on you. You should. But it's really beautiful. Thank I mean, you're, you. you know, you're beautiful in person, but it's a very... Uh, very nice shot. Thank you. Thank you. I have to get some of that. Yeah. Well, that. some come out better than others. But, you yes. know, on Facebook and, and all these, you know, it's, I don't have time to have, you know, you know, things are going on. People just put stuff up. So some could be bad pictures. Some could be good pictures. But when you're doing Facebook, hopefully, if you're just doing your profile picture, you put a decent one up. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, we want to, we want to, okay, before I thank Citizens Bank, I want to tell you that we're very lucky he's in town. He's been on the show before, and when they changed all the tax codes, they didn't take away the like-kind exchanges. So at 11 o'clock, we will be joined by David Greenberger, and as I said, he's been on our show before, and he is the founder of the 1031 Exchange Advantage and the CEO of 
Tax Saver Network. He has written and published many articles and appeared on many cable and TV shows. Um, and he will explain, for those who don't know what 1031s are, what they are, and what the tax advantages are and how to do them, because they really are valuable. They really are very valuable if you can use them, because you can save, like, a lot of money in taxes. So he'll be on at 11 o'clock. Um, and uh, we look forward to it. I think the last time he was on our show might have been a year or two ago. I'm trying to remember. But he, he was on a lot for a while, and then I think he moved to uh, L.A. Yes, that's what he did. He didn't like the weather. <laughs> um, we want to say thanks to Citizens Bank for their support and tell you about their Citizens Bank Platinum MasterCard uh, with its incredible benefits. Listen to this. It's actually quite amazing. Whenever you buy something with your Citizens MasterCard, you get extended warranty coverage that doubles the original manufacturer's warranty for up to one year. Now, I don't know. I, I, I don't know of any other card that does that. You get extended warranty coverage that doubles the original manufacturer's warranty for up to one year. It also offers you price protection. Should you find a lower price for new items within 60 days from the date of purchasing using your Citizens MasterCard, you may be reimbursed for the price difference. Now, that's pretty cool, Dottie. Now, that is really cool. So price protection, again, I have to repeat that again. If you should find a lower price, so let's say you buy something at X amount of dollars, and then 20 days later, half a month later, you you see the same item for less money. Citizens Mascot, you may be reimbursed for the difference, and that's big. Uh, because uh, I don't usually have time to, you know, to sh- I mean, I have time to shop because I like to shop. But when I'm shopping, I'm not looking for bargains. And all of a sudden, I'll say, gosh, I just, I was in Bergdorf yesterday. I saw four, four or five dresses that I know they were on the markdowns. <laughs> and I must have bought them like a month ago. Uh, so that's really a great purchase. That's a great, great thing. Uh, a wonderful benefit. Yeah. yeah. And listen to this. It's a, it even gets better. I mean, that's you also get trip cancellation insurance. Oh, that's a that's really useful because that's expensive to buy. It's like a hundred dollars mm-hmm. each trip if you. Buy Is it, it that cancel- much? Is cr- it can be, yeah, yeah. It could be up to a hundred dollars. So this way, for some reason, you have to cancel a trip. Yeah, you get uh, sick or something. Or- yeah, you you have insurance plus baggage delay insurance. Oh, that's oh, one thing near in my heart. Oh, yeah. Baggage <laughs> delay insurance. Or baggage never gets there. Insurance. And when you shop online with Citizens MasterCard, it's backed by the most advanced security features. So give them a ring. Now, here's how you get it, because I'm going to apply for one. Um, and I've, So here's how you get it. You call 1-888-333-5145. That's 1-888-333-5145. And get your Citizens MasterCard with a simple phone call. Um, and we will eventually get that, uh, hopefully by this week, on uh, on the Ion Real Estate app that is in the middle of being designed, but at least you can get the shows right now. Um, so we'll make sure that this number is in this week's podcast. So that's one, okay, one eight 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 three 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 five one four five, and get your Citizens MasterCard with a simple phone call. And I'm telling you, they have terrific benefits. Okay. So now, as always, because I always do this every day, every week, 
And I tell you what happened on this day in history. So on this day in history, in 1926, a Scottish inventor named John Baird gave the first public demonstration of a television in London, launching a revolution. Baird's invention was called a televisor. Well, that's kind of close. Televisor, yeah. Televisor, televisor. yeah. His first, tele- his first television show um, and program showed the heads of two ventriloquist dummies – well, I guess that's what he thought was important. That and then he watched the Kardashians right after that. They were <laughs> Whenever I think of a ventriloquist, who do I think of? Who do you think of? Oh, um, Edgar Bergman. <coughs> I still have a cough. Is what? the one I think of? Well, yeah. wasn't, it, wasn't Edgar Bergman? Is that his? I name? don't know. I mean, they used to be big. I was never. They used big, to be big. I, yeah. I was never a big fan of ventriloquism. I mean, it wasn't just my thing, but they used to be bigger. I think years ago. But anyhow. So that's what he did. And on this day in 1956, Heartbreak Hotel was released by Elvis Presley. And, uh, of course, I'm sure, Jerry, you remember these lyrics. I've read about it. Yeah, I've read about it. <laughs> well, <clears throat> since my baby left me, I found a new place to dwell. <laughs> down at the end of Lonely Street at the Heartbreak Hotel. Uh, we've all checked in there for Do you like the Heartbreak Hotel? Do they have – don't they have – if they, uh-huh. Don't they have a heartbreak hotel? Uh, well, they have an hourly hotel. No. I'm sure, I I'm think, sure Vegas has heartbreak I think, uh, yeah. I have a great idea. I think they should have a heartbreak hotel. Name it heartbreak hotel. And when your, your lover breaks mm-hmm. up with you and you're heartbroken, you check into the heartbreak hotel. There'll be other heartbroken people because that's the only way you can check in. Oh, yeah. It'll be and maybe you'll meet two yeah. heartbroken people will meet. Together and they will be heartbroken anymore. That's a great idea. Yeah, everybody can complain about their exes. (laughs) Wasn't there a divorce hotel like that or something where you went? I don't know. I never heard of a divorce hotel, but maybe. Anyhow, if you were born on this day, you are an Aquarian, and you should remember that the garnet is your birthstone, and that's kind of a reddish, reddish. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. gem. It's believed that the garnet offers protection. In the afterlife. Oh, I did pick I, up one of those. Yeah, so so get yourself a garnet, put it yeah, in a locket if you you're die, a girl. Yeah. If you're a guy, I don't know if I'd mm-hmm. put it in a locket, but uh, then um, and hang it around your neck. Oh, and that will protect you in the afterlife. That's what they say. Any protection in this life? Okay, so we'll have to find that. I'll have protection to do some research. Okay, Ace, I'll have to find. We'll have to do some research on what to use to hang on you. Uh, to have protection in this life. Yeah. <laughs> also, if you were born today, you share the birthday with the great composer Mozart, who was only 35 years old when he died in 1971, and he still has hit records. Not 1971. I'm, 1791. I'm yeah. sorry, but 1791. Wolfgang Amadeus composed his first concert, uh, his wow. first uh, uh, piece at, I think, six or something. He was way ahead of me. Oh, he was really young when he passed <laughs> he away. He was really a prodigy. Yeah. So on today's show, we'll have like-kind exchanges. We'll do some terrible questions to avoid when you're selling your house. Uh, what to, uh, when you should take a deal, when you should absolutely say yes to a deal. Uh, a little about remodeling. And uh, when should you accept the first offer? And that's really a good topic to talk about because... You know, we'll get into why sometimes people with the first offer, which sometimes and many times is the best offer, 
people don't take it because they're like, oh, well, it's too soon. I just put my house on the market, so why should I take it? And uh, they finally find out that that was a mistake. Uh, and the final walkthrough and uh, what you should look for if you're a buyer, what you should do if you're the seller. So we have a lot of interesting news. I do want to tell you that in 2017, which we're now in 2018, but last year, the existing home sales, now this is national, so this is not just the uh, tri-state, this is nationally, uh, was the strongest in 11 years. Um, December, existing home sales dipped about 3 3.5% month over month, but that's only because there were fewer homes to sell not because there was a lack of buyers. But the year still was the best year nationally since 2006. I think that's pretty terrific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, you know, existing home sales, uh, as I said, only decreased because of lack of inventory. Okay, so all that's all good, and we expect that to keep up. Remember, there's, there's call us. Any inventory. questions, 866-970-9622. Now, these are predictions for 2018, and these are areas where they feel growth areas for home building. And this was uh, in Realtor Magazine, but uh, this is from Realtor.com and all of their research. Of course, they say, and I think that we could all agree, entry-level home construction marks a huge opportunity for growth. Now, someone the other day told me, oh, oh, somebody called me from the Hamptons, one of my agents. He said, Dottie, look, I, I think maybe I don't want to get fired. and I, I'm, I'm making a lot of money. I'm not making a lot of money be- as much as everyone because I have a lot of the lowest end properties. I said, well, you know what? You're in the right place. So just hang in there because entry level properties in any market that you might be in, are really, 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 you're going to see them. that's growth because mm-hmm. there's so many people, the millennials are buying and usually <clears throat> some of them need to go into the entry-level market. So that's the bottom of the market, which entry-level market is, is always strong. There's bidding wars going on, Dottie. I was actually at one last oh, week yeah. and um, it was a property out in Long Island and there was 80 people at the open house. Wow. How many? 80 people. <laughs> 80 people. So okay. the entry-level buyer, like that price point, it's mm-hmm. it's a robust market. So Yeah, and we have to uh, – there was a – I don't want to – let me finish this, and then I'll get into the story that I read in the Times that we did on the radio show a year and a half ago, but I will uh, I will finish this. So entry-level home construction, millennials, okay, as I just said, um, with the largest – Amount of the millennials expected to turn 30 in 2020. Because remember, the oldest millennials Mm -hmm. are about 34, 35, around Mm -hmm. there. So in 2020, they're expected to turn 30, the largest amount of that group. And that is the largest demographic. Their home ownership market share is expected to increase. Millennials are aging into their peak family forming years. And as such, their housing priorities will shift from proximity to urban life to more space and quality schools. And I know we have a break coming up, but I want to talk about that um, as we finish up the growth areas for homes in 2018. Uh, But let's just take a quick break. 
And we'll be right back, 866-970-9622. We'll be right back with Ion Real Estate. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and um, I'm with Jerry, our, 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 our legal expert and ace, our financing genius, and myself. And we were talking about the areas of growth for home building in 2018. And so we said entry level across the country. Entry level is huge. Um, millennials expecting to peak in, in, in 2020. Um, they are going to, a, a big percentage of them are going to be 30. And of course, you've listened to for years, oh, they don't want city, they only want cities, they only want this. But that's because they were 20 years old then. Okay, and so when you're 20 years old, you're just getting out of college, you want to be in a city. But now they're getting older and they're peak family age, so you'll see them buying probably in, um, they'll, they'll be shifting from urban, unless they really have a lot of money to stay in the city, to, um, you know, more of the suburbs um, and looking for more space and quality schools. And when you're looking um, to buy a home, schools are very important, um, at least in the suburbs. Okay, they, they they really determine price. Southern markets are predicted to grow, to uh, lead in sales growth. Does that shock you after this cold winter? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> strong economies and healthy building levels will help drive southern markets to beat out the national average of home sales growth. Builders who can adapt to regulatory hurdles in more challenging western markets will find that prices still up outperform national average growth in this region. So I you're going to see and I think that has to do with price because some of these southern markets are a lot cheaper and also I think that has to do with some of the baby boomers on the older end of the baby boomer spectrum that might be saying, you know what? I can't take the cold anymore. And so a lot of them buy a place, you know, and they'll have a keep a, a place here or a little piano here and a place in the Florida or Carolinas. Uh, the tax bill, that's going to be a game changer, although I don't know that anyone really knows the effects of the tax bill yet. Uh, with the tax, with the passing of Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, the wealth and income effect of tax cuts will likely stimulate demand and increase production in the short term, but could lead to fewer sales and impact prices negatively over time in markets with higher prices and property taxes. Now, that's from Realtor.com. And, of course, living in New York, we're one of those states that uh, is affected by that because our taxes are high. Um, and again, I don't know. I, I really don't. I don't know that it's going to drive anyone out of New York so quick because, you know, to relocate, okay, when you have a family and you have a job and your kids are in school, even though you might be able to move to a state that's a lot cheaper, I can tell you a number of them. Um, that's a big thing emotionally for a family. It's a big thing for kids to go through. And of course, you know, you got to find a job. So, 
I don't know, Jerry. Do you have or Ace? Have any 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 thoughts on that? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, uh, as you said, you got to find a job, and the job's not going to pay nearly as much either. So things may sound cheaper in another state, but you're probably going to not make as much either. So you got to adjust for that. I think I think it really depends on a person's situation, right? So you know, in, in the media, all you hear is the negativity that you know mortgage interest deduction was lowered from a million to seven hundred fifty thousand. Then you hear that the salt uh, deductions are capped at ten 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 thousand dollars. But if you really look at it, folks that were making two hundred thousand to five hundred thousand, they were subject to AMT. That's called alternative minimum tax, right? And that doesn't allow them to write off the property tax, exactly. the state and local income tax at all. And it's actually line 5621, but most po- most people don't know this because their accountant actually follows this line item. And it's a net neutral change, mm-hmm. but what people aren't talking about is the tax bracket deductions of 39.6 to 37, and then in the middle tax bracket, right around 96,000 to 150,000, there's a deduction of 28 to 24%. So there are a lot of benefits to this as well, which people aren't really talking about, so... Yeah, and also the highest bracket starts higher. Yeah, it does. So, so but you have to kind so of. It really I, depends I think on your situation. Have, yeah, and I think you have to wait a year and like see because it's not one thing. You've got to average it all out to see how it works exactly. out for you. Uh, you know, people ask, "Gee, why is inventory so low?" And and why are you predicting that it's going to continue to be low? Which, when inventory is low and the demand is high, then that's what we call a uh, seller's market. Because the sellers have the upper hand, there's not a lot of inventory. Um, the housing demand continues to outstrip the supply. And by the way, the shortage that we have in inventory is the worst. And again, I'm giving you a national number, but the worst that it's been in 20 years. 20 years, it's never been this low. And the answer, why? And the answer, and this is all research done by realtor.com, 63% of homeowners surveyed say their current house meets their needs. Baby boomer homeowners, especially unwilling to move, a problem for succeeding generations. Because remember, in generations of the past, when people got to, like, say, six, I don't know what age exactly, so I don't want to make it up, but let's just say when they got into retirement age, a lot of them moved. Immediately. Okay. And then they <laughs> like, bought this little place. Well, yeah. that's not happening now. And they're working longer and they're living longer and they're not moving so quick. So they're staying. So that's, you know, so that's, they're not, that's another reason. Uh, and overwhelming 85% of boomers have said they have no plans to list their home for sale in the next year. Which is unusual yeah. to have that number. That's high. Yeah. of the Gen X homeowners and 52% of the millennial homeowners echoed the same sentiment, that they're not moving. So (laughs) if you don't have movement, um, life events drive real estate transactions uh, sometimes, and the majority of homeowners feel that their family needs are being met by their current home, and there's nothing compelling for them to put their home on the market. Um, men and uh, others are hesitant to sell as well because they know how scarce pro- yeah, the homes are. The so if they yeah. sell, then they're afraid, well, what if I don't find anything? And if, right. they, if they sell their home and then they have to then buy, they're afraid, well, then what happens if I can't find anything? Then I'm, 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 so, so that's one of them. Boomers indeed hold the key to the homes. 
that the market desperately needs, boomers, okay, both in urban condos and detached suburban homes. So basically in cities and suburbs, the boomers are still... And uh, But with a strong economy and rising home prices, there's really no reason for established homeowners to sell in the short term. Because people are looking at, gee, why should I sell now? That we look, It looks like things are going to continue to go up. And uh, again, as I said, people are working longer. They're not retiring. Um, although downsizing might be on the minds of boomers, they face the same inventory shortage and price increases plaguing millennials. So that is why you have so little inventory. Um, 59% of millennial homeowners surveyed have no plans to list their home for sale in the next year. Um, so we're going to have a tight market to just so. So like you just said, Ace had said he went to an open house on Long Island. There was 80 people there. You really have to know the market. You have to check with Ace, make sure your financing is all in shape. Mm-hmm. You uh, want to do with the New York Times, I think it was the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal, one of them just wrote an article on writing letters to the homeowner. And uh, we've discussed that on the show mm-hmm. a yeah, lot. Been that for a lot. Years. Uh, mm-hmm. where, well, yes, yes. Okay, they must have read a past show of ours. But anyhow, um, and I was talking yesterday actually to some people, and uh, in which two of them told me that it worked for them, that they wrote letters. Yeah. So I'm not saying it always works, but you really have to. And if you can say that you're pre-approved and that you have a letter from the bank and that your financing is in place and that, you know, you're ready to move at the seller's, you know, and you find out the seller's needs, if they need you to move in 30, 45 days, you can do it. Uh, then, I, you know, I think you could come to the top of the list. And I don't think that sellers are going to give somebody millions of dollars off because mm-hmm. they like them. But many people who love their homes and raise their families there and it's special to them and in a way really have a hard time even moving because it's a lot of memories, they will take a little less from people that they feel are going to enjoy and and, and, and use the home and, and, and love the home as they did. So don't ever underestimate that. Yeah, and the, the letter's got to set the right tone too. I, I yeah. had a client write one a couple of years ago that basically was – trying to, you know, get them to accept an offer lower than the list price. And it went through all the problems in the house and all the things they were going to have to do. And I'm like, well, no, we're telling you to write tone, a love you know? letter. We're not yeah. saying to write a letter that this is wrong, <laughs> that's letter, wrong, yeah. this is wrong, especially when there's 12 people <laughs> bidding against you. Right. Okay? I, I, I would think that you might not. Yeah. Okay. I, I think we have another break. We're going to talk a little about a few seconds because everyone asks me what's hot. And that many investors are flocking to Concourse and Melrose in the Bronx. So I want to tell you a little about that. Um, And then I have a question from a listener for you, Jerry. We'll be right back. You're listening to Ion Real Estate. We'll be right back after our commercial break. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Okay, we were in the middle of um, talking about uh, why investors are flocking to Concourse, and I have a question. I'll get to you in one second, Joe. I just want to finish this. Uh Affordable developers, of course, again, they're looking for affordable properties, 
are rushing into South Bronx with large-scale projects underway, and market-rate players are no doubt next. So for most New Yorkers, Melrose and Concourse are key points of references in the Bronx. Whether they know them by name or not, that's largely because they are homes to well-known destinations like Yankee Stadium and the borough's courthouses. Uh, lately, a major about face the adjacent South Bronx neighborhoods have seen a flurry of new investment activities. And not to get into, I mean, I could get into this whole thing for a half an hour, but just to say as, and I think I've been saying this for as long as I've been on the show, the city is kind of the hub, New York City, and as that rises or falls, and it's rising, but as that stays strong, what it, 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 it forces people to kind of move, and that's how Brooklyn got so expensive, because initially Brooklyn was an alternative. If you couldn't afford a Manhattan, you moved to Brooklyn. And then Brooklyn became just as high as Manhattan. And then, okay, uh, Long Island City was kind of, you know, nobody really lived there that much. And then, gee, well, that's really close to Manhattan, and now Brooklyn's not affordable so, so you're going to see, and Queens, same thing. So you're going to see, you're going to see a lot of development in Bronx. And if you're a little investor, private investor, or you're looking for something that you think can go up, you should do some homework on that. And when I say homework, I don't just say take my word for something because there's no guarantees. But do some homework, see what prices are going for, what they went for last year, see if they're going up, look at the stores or developing. But that looks like it's going to uh, – and when you see a lot of developers going into something, um, that tells you also. Oh, by the way, just – Read it, thought you'd be interested. Do you know what the most unaffordable city on the earth is? Oh, um, probably uh, Singapore, maybe? Hong, Hong Kong. Hong Kong. Okay. Singapore. So we think New York is, is, is high, but for the eighth year in a row, Hong Kong holds the distinction of being the world's least affordable city among 460 major metropolitan regions in which to buy a home. So you're lucky that you don't have to buy a home in Hong Kong. It's much more expensive. Sydney held a second, and Vancouver was third. Hmm. So, um, wow. And of the most affordable places, if you're okay, uh, in the United States, well, actually, Rochester, which, by the way, um, I used to have offices in Rochester, and Rochester mm-hmm. is really a nice yeah. town. Uh, I don't, it used to house Kodak and... I forgot what it other used, big it used to be a big Kodak town, and yeah, so it's it, all gone. It's all gone. But as far as people and places and affordability, I mean, it really kind of—it really is a nice town. The people are great there. Um, so, uh, Rochester is the most affordable, by, followed by Cincinnati, Cleveland, Oklahoma City, Pittsburgh, and Buffalo. So, just thought hmm. you would know. Um, let me get this question from Joe. Joe from New Jersey. Good morning, Joe. How are you this morning? Oh, pretty good. Thank you for taking my call. I'll give you a story in a nutshell. I'm looking to sell my house, and the realtor is telling me I should do it now because they're predicting that prices in New Jersey are going down 7% with the new uh, government that's coming in. Problem Wait, is, slow down. Myself, Somebody told you that high, uh, prices in New Jersey are going down 7% with the new government? With the what do you mean, the new governor? With the new governor? Yeah. Is that what you said? I didn't right. hear quite that sentence. Right. Yes, with the new governors, with the new high taxes. They said the housing is going to really decline in New Jersey and Morris County. 
So I have an offer, but the thing is, I'm like $17,000 short, and I'm wondering if I should suck it up and go for it, or if I should hold out and wait. Well, let me ask you a qu- couple of questions. Sure. 17000 doesn't mean anything to me if I don't know the price, okay? Like if you had okay. a billion-dollar yeah. house, 17000 is not going to be as what, – well, give me around what, you ha- what your property 330000 I'm going to sell it for. You, you were asking three sixty. I was asking three forty five. Three forty five, and so you got yeah. a seventeen thousand dollars. How long has your house been on the market? Uh, about five weeks. Okay, and just so you know, the first three weeks you probably get the most activity. Uh, and did you have any other offers? People, did you have a lot of activity, or, or just? Or did they- uh, I had like five or six offers, but this was the highest one. Okay, started, so wait, like, stop. You had five or six offers, so that's good. Mm-hmm. And what what did the offers come in at? Around that? Our uh, first one was like 318, 320, 325, and then 330 is the highest. Okay. Here's what I have to say. I don't know that I agree that or that anyone can tell you that prices are going down 7% in Morris County. So okay. leave that alone because, hey, that's just someone <laughs> thinking that and they have no factual yeah, reason. Yeah, it's a very yeah. precise uh, yeah. prediction, by the way. You know, uh, okay. Okay. Who, who has a crystal ball, right? But here's Major realtor. Well, a major realtor doesn't have a crystal ball, okay? Right. Okay. Okay. I mean, I mean, you know, that's a, an opinion, and uh, I, I can't tell you. I mean, look, there were opinions that the housing market would never come back. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I bought Douglas Eleven. I was, I, I, I got involved with Doug, Douglas Elliman after nine yep. eleven, and people said that's the end of New York City, and the prices a year later went off the wall. So, okay, here's what I'm going to say to you. If you have offers, that's good because that's showing that your house is marketable, okay? But if you had four or five offers and they're all coming in at a lower price and you want to move on, I would tell you that then that's probably the price range that your house belongs in. And if the financing, and I say if the financing, if you check on the financing and see how much are these people putting down, have a credit, you know, have your will to do a credit check. I, and do you want you know? And then you want to move? I I think I would take it because you've had four or five offers and they're all less. And usually offers really dictate where the market's at. You could hold out, uh, but truthfully, the most activity comes in three or four weeks, and then you're going to be on the market a long time. And people will say, you know, always oh, been on the market a long time. I think that uh, are they putting a lot down? Did you know that anything about the financing? It's a corporate move. The corporation that's sending mm-hmm. her is paying for it. So it's mm-hmm. not a matter of financing. They have oh, Well, the if the corporation, oh, then it's that's a done great. Listen, if the corporation is doing it, I mean, if it were me and I had four or five offers all less than that, I would sell it. And I wanted right, to but, move, I would sell it. Mm-hmm. But that's me. And I, and I, and I want to stress that you, we all have to do what's best for us. If you don't really need to move and you don't really want to move, then you can take your chances. Definitely. Okay? I understand. thing is, where could you get $17,000 that I'll be short, you know, to pay the realtor's commission in that? Uh, well, you, are, you, are, you under, are you underwater, you mean, or you were just Well, counting? when I sell the house, I'll break even with the house, but then I have to pay the commission, mm-hmm. the realtor's mm-hmm. commission, whatever okay. associated costs involved. Mm-hmm. So that's the one really sticking point. So you're a commission apart. Yeah. Okay, and that's a lot of times the commission yeah, part. Definitely. Uh, 
well, there's a couple of things you could do. They came. Okay. Was that the oh, that was their first offer? That their last. See, you're trying. No, that was the third okay, so let me say this: you can't make the price of the house based on what you need unless you plan right. on keeping it on the market for a long time and hoping that someone just ends up paying it. And I'm guessing, and again, I can't know factually because pricing a house is not a science, but if you had four or five offers that came in less than that, and this is a corporate move, so more than likely it will definitely go through. Um, the best you can do is go back to the broker who brought you the offer, and maybe between the broker and the listing broker and the customer maybe you can, and yourself, maybe you can kind of all take a little. Is this the first round of negotiations with this? particular potential buyer. So, you know, I I would just, I think that's good advice. I would just caution you to be, um, you know, very um, uh, delicate with them. You don't want to lose them, right? You don't want to come back with all guns blazing. I think you want to say, we really appreciate your offer and we really do want to do a deal with you. We're a little bit off on the numbers. Um, You know, maybe if everybody can throw something in here, we can make it happen, but we want to get to a good result. You know what I mean? You don't want to turn them off. And and, and I think, Joe, you, you know, we don't really know your personal situation right now, but sometimes mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell my clients that, you know, sometimes taking a small loss is worth it at the end if it's not a huge loss down the line, right? So yeah. um, it really depends on, is this an investment property for you? What are your carrying costs? Yeah. You know, so. Because, you know, All as right. Dottie okay. said, it's going to sell for what it's going to sell for. It has nothing to do with what you, you have need. in your pocket. Yeah, you it's need, the yeah. pro- the market will dictate the price. So maybe this is mm-hmm. around the price. Well, call the broker up and say, "Look, I would like to do this. Really, I really want to do this deal. I want it to go through. Can you work with me? I'm yeah. a little bit short. Can you see if everybody could kick in a little or see what you know what you could do? Because I'd want this deal to happen. I'm just a little bit off and see what she says. I mean, maybe she, you know, mm-hmm. it's but do it as Jerry said in a good way. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, Joe. Enjoy your show. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. And keep us posted, okay? It's a common situation, Dottie, where, yeah, where people fall in and they say, uh, you know, I need to get this because I'm going to be sure. It's, it's a common situation that we hear a lot from people. I know. I know. And I just I just convinced an owner on Long Island who's had his home, a beautiful home, probably in the... Maybe listed at two point two originally or something of mm-hmm. that nature, and it's been on the market two years. And this home is meticulous. Yeah. And so uh, he has this buyer. I told him take the house off the market for a couple of months and like like let it refresh because it it's out. old. Yeah. <laughs> so he did. And so I guess a buyer came back that saw it, probably thinking they could beat. Uh, they didn't have to pay the commission. So uh, we. I said, well, you make sure he knows that he has to. And um, I said, but you know what? If you think about what your taxes are going to be, if you think about what your your, your heating costs are going to be, um, the buyer has all cash. Okay, I said to him, say you'll take it because uh, it's like maybe thirty or forty thousand less than he wanted, but probably it's even more than that because he started out higher. But it's been on the market two years, so mm-hmm. I said, but tell him no contingencies. Because he told me in the engineer's report, there's nothing major, but there's a sprinkler system problem, a little pool problem, and this and that. I said, and if they have an engineer's report, it's going to come out to that much money anyway. So right. just say, okay, all cash, close in 45 days. And you know what? You're going to save yourself money because you're not going to have heating costs and taxes and this and that, and you can move on with your life. So 
I think he's going to take it. We'll see. Good advice. You, right. I, well, listen, as I said, and, and I think people have to understand that people aren't going to give you mm-hmm. right. what you need. They're going to give you what the house is worth. And when this caller called in and said four or five offices came, offers came in lower, well, the good news is he's getting offers. Right. He's getting okay. activity. That's great. Right. And that's great. But if all the offers mm-hmm. are coming in at a certain number, basically, it's kind of telling you what the market mm-hmm. dictates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Jerry, I'm going to have to hold a question. I don't think I have much time okay. until after class. But we'll keep this for after we have, I think, uh, Greenberg coming in at 11. But after that, the, the, the question, Jerry, I'll just give you a hint. Is okay. does a shareholder in a co-op or an, ha- or an owner of a condo have any say about what renovations will be done? So that's a question for you that we'll do after we talk about okay. uh, mm-hmm. like-kind exchanges. And I wanted you to know something about New York. Um, since we have a few minutes before the 11 o'clock news, did you know that while most other historic sites in the U.S. closed during the shutdown last week, that the Statue of Liberty and Ellis Island reopened to the public? And that was because New York State stepped up to the plate and paid the $65,000 it took to keep it open. And the symbolism with Ellis Island and the immigration debate, I guess they was like yeah. really kind mm-hmm. of making a statement. Uh, so they did stay open. So they found some extra money lying around in the New York State budget. That's good. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. sure they have a slush t- fund or something. Right. Well, you wouldn't want to. You, you wouldn't want to do the potholes with that money or anything. Sixty-five thousand a day. <sighs> yeah. Well, it was. Like, thank God the shutdown was only. Yeah. Over the weekend and a little Monday, I mean. They must have done what we said and locked themselves in a room without food or water, and they finally came to a deal. But it it just kicks the bucket, I think, to February 8th or something. We'll go through it again. But I think maybe they finally also Mm -hmm. realized that, you know what? The American people, all we want is for people to, you know, whatever side you're on, you're on. Mm -hmm. If you're Republican, Democrat, liberal, whatever. But that this is not about that. This is about doing your job and trying to make things Come to some negotiation. There's right. no way all the people in the United States are going to agree. I mean, that would be an impossibility, right. okay, in most part. But um, the fact that people will say, I won't come to this, or I'm saying no just because you're saying it, nobody wants to hear it. Everyone's right. sick of that. Mm-hmm. We want to see a government that truly has differences, and that's what's wonderful about the United States. You're allowed to have differences, yeah. but that truly and you're allowed works to voice them, yeah. together. And nobody's interested in the blame game, by the way. It's, it was so tedious listening to, you know, who caused it. Oh, I know. Nobody, Ridiculous. Nobody so again, right after the news, we'll be joined with um, David Greenberg, and he's the um, founder of the tax, 1031 Tax Exchange Advantage. You're going to want to know how you can save thousands of dollars in tax savings. That's really important. Thousands and thousands of dollars in tax savings. David Greenberger, who's the expert, will be on the show right after the 11 o'clock news. We'll be right back. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.